0: Be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea which collects fish of every kind. When it is full, they haul it ashore and sit down to put what is good into buckets, and what is bad they throw away. Thus it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Do you understand all these things? The disciples answered, Yes. And he replied, Then every scribe who has been instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings from his storeroom both the new and the old Well everybody loves the story of Aladdin and his magic lamp that he finds and he rubs it a couple times and out pops a genie and the genie says to Aladdin, I give you three wishes. Anything you want in the whole world, you freed me from this lamp, you got it. Anything you want, I will do. Your wish is my very command. Everybody loves that story because we can all imagine ourselves in that kind of a position, although it's never likely to happen. Wouldn't it be wonderful if somewhere along the line, somebody said to us, your wish is my very command in serious, not breakfast where... The husband says on Mother's Day, your wish is my command, the serious stuff. So, You could be a prince, you could raise, you know, have a billion dollars in your bank account, anything you wanted, that would come true for you. That would be nice. That's why everybody loves the story of Aladdin and his magic lamp. That story is relatively new on the scene when it comes to stories about wishes coming true. Today in the first reading from the book of Kings, from the Hebrew scriptures, we get a really good one. Kind of similar in a way to that of Aladdin and his magic lamp. But this one involves Solomon, the king of Israel. And he gets well, only one good wish from God, but the story's a good one. It's a great one. So David has been the king of Israel for a long time, and he was a great king, the same great David who as a youth killed Goliath with his slingshot and pulled together the kingdom of Israel and ruled over it and conquered enemies, and everybody loved David, and he was all good except for that little thing with Bathsheba. Other than that, he was a great king, and Everybody loved David and everybody said, nobody can top David. He's the best king ever. We can't imagine anyone else. And his poor son, Solomon, who is, you know, still practically a teenager and he's not wise in the ways of the world and he doesn't have any great experience as a commander of armies and all that kind of stuff. So he's feeling very, very sad after his father's death and the crown of Israel is going to be put on his head. He says, you know, I'm still young. I'm still young and stupid, and I can't rule like my father. I'll never be able to fulfill his shoes. And, you know, I'm not a good general, and I'm not a good politician, and I don't know how to handle these crazy people that I'm supposed to be king over. They're always fighting with one another. And I'm afraid it's all going to fall apart, and it'll be on me. It'll be my fault. Poor me, Solomon. And that's when God appears to him in a dream. God says to Solomon, Hey, Solomon, you know, I know what you're feeling. I know it's bad. I know it looks bad. (laughs) I know you think you're stupid. I know you think you're incompetent. I know you know you can't fulfill your father's shoes. But how about I help you out here a little bit? I'll give you one wish. (laughs) I'll give you one wish so that you can get a, a good head start on this thing so what would you like from me your wish is my very command and Solomon in the midst of this dream he comes up with something that perhaps we would not have expected instead of like Aladdin saying oh I want to be a prince he says no I've already got that I am a prince I'm going to be king Instead of asking for a billion shekels or a billion dollars or a treasure full of money that he can spend forever, instead of asking for a sleek new silver sword that he can use to cut off the heads of the heathens as he leads his army forth, instead of anything like that at all, poor young Solomon asks for only one thing. He says, Lord, if you're so good to me, you've given me this one wish, this is what I want from you. I want an understanding heart. I want wisdom in my youth so that I can rule this people with an understanding heart, with wisdom, with grace, with with compassion, with wisdom. And God's very pleased with this. And he says, Solomon, you're not as dumb as I thought you were. You know, you're not as stupid as you thought you were. The one wish that I've given you, you've asked for the perfect thing. You've asked for wisdom, an understanding heart, a wise and understanding heart. And I am more than happy to give you that. There will never have been a king before you or a king after you who will be as wise as you will be. So your wish, dear Solomon, is granted. That's a wonderful story. But it doesn't really end there because in the ensuing verses, we hear that a story of the first big problem that Solomon faces. Two women are fighting over one child, each saying, I'm the mother of this baby. And nobody can figure out who the mother is. And they're fighting and they're pulling the baby back and forth. They bring the case to Solomon, now blessed with wisdom and an understanding heart. (laughs) And that's where we hear that wonderful solution, that clever and sagacious solution of newly wise Solomon. Okay, I'll take a sword and I'll cut the baby in half, knowing that the real mother will say no. And indeed, that's what happens. He's able to discover the real mother of the baby Because the threat of killing the baby is too much for the real mother. Anyway, it's a great story. And it's a story that reminds us, you know, what would we ask for if in our weakness, if in our poverty, if in our inability, our stupidity, if God said, I'll give you one thing. One wish, and I'll do it. Your very wish is my command. What if God said that to us? What would we most likely ask for from God? Wouldn't it be wonderful if, like Solomon, we too asked for understanding hearts, for wisdom, the ability to see as God sees, to love as God loves, to understand others as God understands them. Wouldn't that be a great thing to wish for? Well, we can all say, ah, it's high on my list. I would like more wisdom in my life indeed. I would like that understanding heart of of Solomon. But what for us would wisdom mean? Would it just be being clever and you're confronted with a problem like Solomon with the mother and the mothers and the t- one baby? Would it be a certain amount of sagaciousness? You come up with wise little sayings that give people like memes on the internet, give people a happy feeling for a moment or two. Or would the wisdom of God be something richer and deeper and far more enduring than that kind of wisdom. Perhaps the wisdom that God would grant to us if we were to ask for it from him would be first of all the ability to know deep in our hearts that this life of ours is very, very brief. The years flow by so quickly. You're born, you live, you die. It's very brief. We have a short time on the face of this planet to live. A blink of an eye, we're here, we're gone. To understand that would be really, really important for us because it would lead to understanding also that while indeed we are here, life is both beautiful and joyful and filled with grace, but life also has trouble and there's suffering and there's pain and in the end there is death and therefore we would want to help one another knowing that life is brief and sometimes it's very difficult when i'm up i'll help you when you're down when you're down when you're up and i'm down you'll help me when i'm having trouble you'll help me when you're having trouble i'll help you that, that would lead to real charity among us all. An understanding, and compassion for the other because we know life is short. Wouldn't that be a wonderful way to live our lives with understanding heart's wisdom? The second aspect or facet of the wisdom that God might give to us would be the understanding that we didn't create ourselves. That we didn't create the universe that we see in the night sky with all the stars and the planets and the galaxies spinning around or the face of this earth or our own very life. We did not create ourselves. And therefore, we would automatically say, yes, God, you did it all. And the gra- gratitude that would flow from our hearts at knowing that we are not creating ourselves here. We are a gift ourselves from God. Thank you, God. Gratitude would be the result of that bit of wisdom, of an understanding heart. But there's one other, one more facet of wisdom that hopefully God would give us if we were to ask for it, like Solomon. It would be the understanding That this God that we sense when we look up at the night sky who created everything, who created the earth, who created me is not up there far away from us but is a God who loves us and attends to us and hears the cries of the poor as it says so often in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. He is a God who loves us so much that he comes down to us He lets go of his Godhood to be one with us because God wants to touch our faces with his own hand and wants us to feel the touch of his fingers on our cheek. Because he wants us to hear his words in words we already understand, human words. Because he wants to accompany us in the ups and downs of life and especially in the downs. (laughs) even to the point of walking with us through death itself and carrying us on his shoulders to the Father's arms in the kingdom of heaven. Now, that understanding heart, the one that can can see God's presence here and now in the form of a carpenter from Nazareth, that kind of wisdom, That kind of understanding heart is is not to be taken for granted because we know in the gospels that many did not see that. They had God up there and they couldn't believe that God could be here with us, with hands, with feet, with eyes, with a voice, with a touch. That kind of wisdom would be a pearl of great price a treasure that we would want to sell everything for, that we would see as the greatest joy in our lives. And those three facets of wisdom would, of course, give us charity, would would move us to gratitude, and would be a fountain of joy in our lives forever, to death and beyond. So, if God in his goodness were to appear to you in a dream this evening and say, I know you're weak. I know life is difficult. I know there's lots you need in your life and in your world. What's the one thing I can give you, and I will give it to you? Wouldn't it be great if all of us could say in the words of Solomon, Lord, The thing I need most, the thing I want most is an understanding heart. The wisdom to know that life is short and we need each other. The wisdom to recognize that I don't create myself, but I depend on you for life itself. Gratefully so. And the wisdom to see the pearl of great price that is handed to me. In Jesus of Nazareth, your son, our brother, who speaks to us, who touches us, who loves us through death into life forever.